Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include what's more interesting than CRA requirements, my interview with Blends Nima Gamsari on how mortgage companies are taking the customer experience to the next level, and consumer prices are in the headlines. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for modern lenders. Tens of thousands of loan officers at hundreds of independent mortgage banks, banks, and credit unions use the Simple Nexus Mortgage Suite to provide a world-class borrower experience. Learn more at simplenexus.com. Arguably more interesting to talk about than the continued decline in mortgage applications and IMB's concerned about CRA requirements is what's going on in Detroit. Remember when it was Ford, GM, and Chrysler? The third largest automaker in the world is currently Binfast, a Vietnamese electric vehicle manufacturer that was founded in 2017 and listed on the NASDAQ this month with a market cap of $191 billion. It's billion with a B. This is behind only Tesla, which has a market cap of $760 billion, and Toyota, which has a market cap of $270 billion. Well ahead of Chinese car maker BYD at $90 billion and Volkswagen $70 billion. VinFast, which entered the electric vehicle market last year, is planning to build a factory in North Carolina. Oh, and just for reference, Ford is at $49 billion and GM at $46 billion. Yes, rankings of all industries change, including mortgage originations. For today's interview, I want to welcome onto the show Blends Nima Gamsari to talk about how mortgage companies are taking the customer experience to the next level. He's co-founder and chief executive of Blend, and in addition to chairing its board of directors, he leads the company's corporate and product strategy toward the vision of a simple, transparent, and accessible financial services ecosystem. He speaks regularly about the evolution of lending and technology's role in driving proactive finance. And his achievement and entrepreneurial vision were recognized by his inclusion in Fortune's 40 Under 40 list in 2020. Prior to founding Blend, Nemo was one of the first employees of the commercial group at Palantir Technologies, where he worked to solve major data challenges for the financial sector and advised its CEO. So as, as we all know, it's a tough time in the mortgage industry, and uh, people are, are out there scrapping, they're, they're working hard to uh do, have their companies still be successful in this environment so nima i want to ask you at least from your position or perspective how can lenders position themselves to win market share uh in a in a downturn market like we're in right now yeah i mean this this is the tough thing around cyclical industries like the one that we're in and you know, there's a few different things that i'm seeing our customers do which i think positions them extremely well for the future. And the first thing is they're getting their shop in order right now around their cost structure, their technology, how they work with their team, how their team is 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 structured and organized so they can make faster decisions. And I'm seeing that a lot of our, our customers are doing that today. Um they're they're they realize that purchase volume is I think the latest number I saw was August 95 levels or something like that. And refi is obviously not not the highest to been right now, and so they're using this as a time to really think about what is the right operating model for the future, because they realize. I'm going to the second point that in a year, eighteen months, in some time horizon, rates are going to be in the fours or fives again, 
and there's going to be a lot more volume of transactions in the market. And this, even the, fast, the faster that rates come down, the more volume that's going to come their way. And so they have to be able to handle that scale effectively. The best ways to do that are a really good organization and a really good technology stack. And so the third thing we're seeing, we're actually seeing a lot of our customers invest in fundamental technologies that drive amazing outcomes for them and their customers. And those are things like higher conversion flows that help the customer understand what they can afford so they can go start shopping for a home and then an easy ability to get that pre-approval letter or to check their income so that they're, they know that they're approved with certainty. Um, and those kinds of things allow for, or to get in their e-vault set up so that they can do e-notes and lower their costs of closing. And th those kinds of things go a long way in helping to scale up and lower their operational burden without having to add tons of people when the tide eventually does turn, which it will. Yeah, I've heard a lot of talk of uh, originators looking into new products uh, to help bolster their offerings, but new products doesn't just apply to originators. And actually, uh, I heard you announced a new AI solution at your annual customer event. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Uh, seven years ago, when we launched our first product, we launched something called Blend Copilot, which allowed for a loan originator and a consumer to be on the exact same page of the process and work through the process together. And, and loan originators love that because then they can ensure that their customer is getting the best possible customer service and get through the process without getting frustrated. And you know, over the years since then, we have added a lot of new capabilities for the loan originator to be able to work with that consumer. And so that's things like soft credit pulls that we talked about in, in my previous podcast, but it's also things like the product and pricing, getting accurate fees, getting accurate MI, uh, being able to run AUS um, across both you know, major GSEs, being able to prepare the consumer for multiple different scenarios and doing that all on a mobile device. And so we've done all that in the last seven years. And so what we just announced is the next generation of Copilot, which is actually cool because it is almost like a, it's an LO Copilot that sits on their side and does work for them as the consumer has questions. And so think about a chat or SMS text that an LO might get saying, hey, I'd like to get pre-approved for a home. I'm going to go visit. It's $350,000. Um, maybe they've already applied. Now they're asking this question to get a pre-approval letter. They might text their LO that, and the LO might have to go and click in 10 different systems to get that pre-approval letter to the consumer, an actual real AUS-backed approval letter, which realtors want to see. Um, and Or they might ask, hey, can you give me a comparison between um, a no closing cost option and one that has the lowest monthly payment? Or how much could, if when the refis do eventually come back, they might ask the question of how much could I save if I lowered my monthly payment? Uh, or how much should I save if I refi now? How much would that lower my monthly payment? Those are real questions that come from consumers to loan officers all the time. And every time a consumer gets one of those questions, if he gets one of those questions, the LO has a lot of work they have to do. And so the next generation of uh, blend copilot is copilot for the LO. But as those questions come in via chat or SMS, it uses all those services I mentioned, soft credit, fees, pricing, AUS, MI, all the things that just mentioned. And it understands and interprets the consumer's question as it comes in, does all the work on behalf of the LO, gives a full audit trail, 
gives the LO a suggested response with that full work history, allows them to review it and tweak it. And then if they're good with the response, send that response. So they could be grabbing lunch, have the question come in. By the time they get to their computer or they open up their phone three minutes later, that work's already done for them. And they can send that response, that pre-approval letter, that loan scenario analysis to the consumer without having to lift a finger. And so giving that LO, almost like their own assistant, if they don't already have one, and if they have assistants, being able to get those assistants a lot more capabilities that they can work with consumers on. I mean, it's it's pretty magical. And generative AI as a whole is something that allows us to understand what people are trying to do and then connect those with the right things in ways that was never possible before. Now that that exists, when we combine that with the blend infrastructure, give something pretty magical. Well, do you have an example specifically? I think I think that would be helpful for people to uh, hear, a, hear a practical example. Yeah, sure. So let's say that you are a client of mine, not your loan officer. And that simple example I gave of you're walking to an open house and you'd like to have an offer letter ready if you are interested in the house because it might be a competitive market, inventory's low. And you know, I'm your LO and you text me and you say, hey, can you send me a pre-approval letter for $350,000 for this home? And maybe all I've done, all you've done so far is fill out the basic application. I haven't gone through and, and done all the work yet because you just applied earlier today. Um, so you send me that text. The My mobile app as the loan officer, the blend powered mobile app for me and my organization gets an incoming message that says, that's from you, from Robbie says, hey, I want this pre-approval letter for $300,000. Before I even open that as VLO, behind the scenes, what it's doing, it's going to show me this when I log in. First thing it's going to do, it has the whole application you've already filled out. It's going to run soft credit, make sure my credit score is good. It's going to do an income, blend income, soft pull, so not incurring a lot of expense for the lender. It's going to refresh any assets I can... uh, committed during that application, you committed, Robbie, during that application process. It's going to run the fees engine to get all the various fees that are required. It's going to run pricing for that specific home amount and the down payment that you specified in the application, and it's verified from the assets. And then it's going to run AUS and show show the um, eligibility. And then finally, it's going to spit out a customized tailored pre-approval letter. And it's going to spit it out to me first, the loan officer first. That loan officer, me, now can go through, make sure everything happened exactly what I wanted, tweak anything that I didn't like. And then it actually generates the whole response message to the consumer as well, to Robbie as well. It says, hi, Robbie, great news. You're pre-approved for $308,000 loan for 123 Main Street with your $70,000 down payment. And here's a link to your pre-approval letter. And then the consumer now has that pre-approval letter on their phone for their open house. And I barely had to do anything. The consumer got to do that. Um, and it can do much more complex things too, like because it's connected all these services. A few other examples, and I, I kind of hinted at these earlier. Um, consumers who are trying to figure out what's the right product that should be recommended for them, they might have questions about what's the lowest upfront cost. You know, what's the lowest monthly payment? When's the right time to to refi? When I, can I save at least three hundred dollars a month? Can do those kinds of questions um, in real time by connecting to all these services. And so I think it's going to give loan originators a real powerful ally to help them manage what will eventually be a lot of volume coming their way. And so ultimately, how do you see this impacting the mortgage industry? Having this level of intelligence to understand the various aspects of the mortgage process in detail and be able to do pretty intensive work. Like the work I mentioned in the previous examples, 
might happen across 15 different providers and systems to get the right answer. And I think what will happen is for consumers, they'll get more accurate answers earlier in the process and for a lot lower lift from the loan originator. And for the loan originator, it means that they'll be able to focus on the things that really matter for the consumer, which is giving them the advice of like, hey, I know you compared these two options, but in your case, most people take this option because, and give the reason why. Uh, or did you know that because you're a first-time homebuyer, you're actually eligible for a much lower down payment? Um, and here's, here's another scenario that I just generated that is 5% down and will allow you to keep more of your savings and still have a pretty low monthly payment. And so those kinds of things that allow the loan originator to do that. And when volumes scale up, it will allow those, it will allow those loan originators to serve a much broader array of customers without having to spend time fidgeting around 15 different systems. And going beyond the industry, do you feel like it can also be applied to the financial services industry at large? You know, one thing I truly believe is there's never been a brain that is able to manage the complexity of even mortgage, let alone broader banking, let alone broader financial services. And I do think that these systems will be able to, and that's why we have humans, and that's why humans still are going to drive this industry for decades, I think, because it's the, each individual consumer's financial condition and the things they're trying to accomplish are sufficiently complex. That it's, that, but I think a lot of what the financial service industry has had to do is spend a lot, is spend a decent amount, and actually probably the lion's share of their time working through basic blocking and tackling of running manual systems instead of the hard part of the job, which is understanding that consumer in detail and finding the right solution for them. And so I think it will. Uh, these kinds of technologies, maybe it's not blend for non-mortgage and non-banking, um, but these kinds of technologies, because they're also learning as you go, end up creating a much greater impact on the industry long-term than we can even imagine right now. And my hope is what it means in practice long-term for consumers is that they'll have access to more products that are better suited to them at a lower cost, which means better financial wellness for the community as a whole, which means more financial freedom means more freedom to do the things that create betterment of society as a whole, betterment of the economy. Um, and, you know, we're pretty early innings, so I'm excited. I agree with you that the the human element is always going to be important to the mortgage process and relationships do make a difference in this industry. So I, I guess I want to close by asking you, how is blend as a technology vendor growing relationships with its customers? I mean, there, there is news out there that your business models are under pressure. You're obviously a publicly traded company. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we prided ourselves in from day one is that our success and our customers' success is aligned. Meaning we make money when they make money. And when they're not making as much money, we make less money. You know, obviously that has real benefits to it. When times are good and we're able to help people achieve a lot of volume, which a lot of our customers did during COVID, very good for us. And when the purchase market is the worst it's been since April or August of 95, and the refi market is in the depths, it's, you know, it's definitely tougher for us. And so I think for me, I am going to give 
I give our company and I take I lead by action in the same way that I said what I see our customers doing, which is we're getting really focused around having the right operating model for the future. We're using this time to do that. We're continuing to double down on technology because it is very, very, and you see that with the AI um, blend co-pilot that we announced this week. We're going to keep building. We are still going to be the leader in this technology space because that is what we're uniquely capable of doing for the industry. And if we don't do it, I don't think anybody else will. Um, and so if we do those two things in this time, what I see our customers doing with us is saying, hey, we understand that you know, you're under a lot of pressure and obviously we are too, but we're in this together and we're going to keep growing over time. And at some point when things bounce back, we'll have a lot to look forward to. So actually, I, I've been very optimistic about how much our customers understand what we're going through because we understand what they're going through. We know it's a tough time, but I, I want to wish you and Blend the, the best of luck going forward. And I appreciate you making the time to talk to me today. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. Ahead of this week's risk events, starting with August CPI today, then the latest DCB rate decision, and more inflation data tomorrow, a slide in technology companies dragged down the market Tuesday. The absence of economic data and Fed speakers, with the Fed firmly in its blackout period ahead of next week's September FOMC meeting, did not stop speculation surrounding if the central bank will be able to achieve a soft landing. Those odds look much better today than they did six months ago. There's a better balance between supply and demand in goods, services, and labor markets, which helps the ongoing disinflation process. Today brings the all-important CPI report for August. However, the economic calendar began with mortgage applications from MBA, decreasing 0.8% from one week earlier, the seventh decline in eight weeks that has now pushed applications to the lowest level since 1996. In regard to CPI, inflation posted its biggest monthly increase this year in August as consumers faced higher prices on energy and a variety of other items. The Consumer Price Index, which measures costs across a broad variety of goods and services, rose 0.6% for the month and was up 3.7% from a year ago. However, excluding volatile energy and food components, core CPI increased 0.3% and 4.3% year-over-year respectively against estimates for 0.2% and 4.3%. Federal Reserve officials focus more on core as it provides a better indication of where inflation is heading over the long term. Later today brings a Treasury auction of $20 billion of reopened 30-year bonds and the August budget statement from CBO. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse about an eighth, and the 10-year yielding 4.30 after closing yesterday at 4.26%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. What happened to the cat who swallowed a ball of yarn? She had mittens. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus. An Encino company, makers of the mortgage technology suite that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution. Learn more at simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.